Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back. Episode number... 45 of the podcast. I think we're on 45. 45 or 46. Doesn't really matter. But we are back in studio. Sorry we missed last week. Uh, During the company retreat, we did not manage to get an episode out. Technical difficulties. Some tired, tired eyes looking at me as I was trying to set stuff up. So we'll we'll call that a wash. But we are back. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two great co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. Kyle, how are you doing today? That's awesome. And Irfan, how are you doing, man? Good. Chilling. Quieter week than I the last two weeks, so it's good. That's good. Yeah, that's definitely a good thing. (laughs) I mean, I lost the car, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, those those pictures were horrendous. Irfan's car got absolutely totaled on me. I was parked on the side of the street, and some lady drove it an extra five meters, and it's like 15k of damage or more at this point. Oh, you know, like they wrote the car off, and I was getting lowballed, so I've been like fighting against my insurance to try and get more money. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. of course. Because you know, Ontario is a no-fault system, so even if someone hits you, their their insurance doesn't pay for shit if you're in first. I guess correct. First no fault, right? Like it's only the first accident that's no fault. No, it's no fault because oh my god, they were talking about how um like people are misusing the system so they're overcharging other insurances when like let's say you hit their 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 tailgate or something yeah they'll take the show as an as a part of it as well as like i mentioned earlier so it's to not misuse the system if okay you're or something like that so your insurance is liable for everything so. wow that sucks that's yeah that's not cool I'm pretty sure she was completely not paying attention but whatever that's not cool at all um well, let's get into sports. <laughs> as much as I would love to talk about this accident for hours, <laughs> let's switch over to the sports. Let's get right into our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabriel, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at canadakickingacademy.com and follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. So this week in our kickoff segment, let's focus on the NHL and the play-in rounds are done. We're actually already a couple games into the sec- the first official round of the playoffs. But let's look back first before we look forward. Boys, what were your thoughts on the bubble? Irfan, we'll start with you. Yeah, qualifiers, playing rounds, yeah. Um, I thought it was a great way to build up the playoffs and the fact that we've lost part of 
2020. I thought that was great. Um, we also saw a couple of teams that have a lot of work to do in the offseason, um, teams that we've talked about previously. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's good to see that, but it's also teams that you didn't think would be in the playoffs this year, surprising everybody, um, you know, a 12 seed with Chicago and Montreal going through. So I really like the fact that, you know, unexpected is happening with a lot of these teams and I appreciate the league expanding to that yeah no I agree Kyle what are your thoughts man uh, I think overall I think the bubble was actually it actually worked I think um, you didn't really hear anything about positive tests or anything like that or, or knock on wood knock on wood knock on wood Well, it's, it's four days. It just happened to be the rest of the series, right? We'll get to that, Irfan. We'll get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> but I, 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 just, I, I like how competitive it was. Like, there, there was a chance that, you know, say Montreal and Chicago, who shouldn't have been in the playoffs in the first place, get swept. But they showed up and actually played, and I think they caught their teams by surprise. So oh, for sure. Turn of events. Yeah, no, I, I agree with both of you. You're, you guys both hit it right on the head there. Um it, it's a surprise to me to see the teams like Montreal and Chicago get through. Although, if you watch those playing series, the, the Pens and the Oilers sucked. Like, looked god-awful for the games that they lost. Um, and to be fair, we said beforehand that if Carey Price is Carey Price of any Carey Price year, that he actually looked good he could win a few games for the Canadians. Did I expect him to win three games against the Penguins and now one game against the Flyers? Absolutely not. But here we are and they're tied one, one in their series. Like it's, it's one of those things that if you get lucky and you get Carey price playing at the top of his game, he's going to carry a team on the flip side for Chicago. Everyone has showed up like they have one through 21 right now. But even Crawford didn't play bad in that first series. He was going up against McDavid and Dreisaitl. Again, when you have McDavid and Dreisaitl shooting, your your save percentage is not going to be 950. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he was better than and There you go. That's the key. But that's the key, though. Yeah. And we're confident with that. 
Oh, no, no, no. They were not confident. That's why they didn't know who was starting game one. When you don't know who's starting game one, that's when you know a team's not confident about their goaltending. Well, you could say the same, say the same thing about Dallas. They've been rotating Bishop and Kudobin. Well, Bishop was hurt. Bishop was hurt. That's why. No, it was, it was an unknown reason. I, no, but he was hurt. He was hurt coming into the playoffs. They weren't sure if he was even going to play. So, that's a different issue. They Bishop was number one in Dallas if he wasn't hurt. Right? The other team that you could say is Washington. They didn't know who they were starting in game one, and they went with Holpe. No, they knew they were starting because Sam's not been coming over. Did he not come back? No. No, I thought, he, I thought he came back. Okay, well then, there their you back, go. Their backup is Phoenix Coffee. Oh, Phoenix. Yikes. We'll get into that later. But yeah, no, I, I thought I thought the playing run was good, and I thought the NHL handled it very, very well. Like, everyone was pretty aware of how things were going to go. Um, the players seem to be enjoying the time when they get off, like, especially in Toronto with BMO Field, being able to go play Frisbee or Spike Ball. You see all the videos of everybody. Rod Brindamore is a absolute brick shit house. <laughs> that is a unit of a man. Holy crap, at 50 years old. Um, but no, I, th- I I do like what they've done, and I think we're looking at we're looking at a good thing for the rest of the year, and the playoffs are going to go off pretty well. But at this rate, um, let's let's now move forward. We're in the first round of playoffs now. We've we've seen a couple games from a bunch of the series. Um, I want to get some of your predictions. I gave mine on the Twenty Minutes on Ice uh, podcast this week. I'll read them off quickly. I gave games. You don't have to give games for this, boys, but just keep it simple. Uh, let's start in the East with the Philly-Montreal. I have Philly winning in six. I think Carey Price steals two games. Philly still wins the series. Uh, Tampa-Columbus, I have Columbus in seven. Why? I don't know. Just went that way. Uh, I have the Islanders in six, and I have Boston in seven. At West, I have Vegas in four, Colorado in five, Calgary in six, and Vancouver in seven. So I'm going to leave the floor open to you guys. Uh, let's start with the Philly-Montreal series. Uh, Kyle, let's get your pick in this one. I still think it's going to be Philly, but the way Montreal showed up yesterday gives me a, a lot of hope for what they actually have. Um, Price, Price played good. He didn't play outstanding by any means. Yeah. Um, but their offense came alive. Oh, Absolutely. They have something to play for. Uh, exactly. And I think that they will take that next step. And if Price continues to play like he has throughout the uh, round robin or for the qualifier and the first two games, because even in the first two games, it could have been 4-1 for yeah. Philly. And he saved it and he kept it as 2-1 and gave his team a chance. Yeah, no, for so sure. If, if he continues to play like that, it could be a very interesting – if he goes 7, it could go be a very interesting series. No, I, I agree 100%. Uh, Irfan, your thought? Um, Philly in six. Philly in six. You're I matching think. me. All right. I am, but I'm just saying in the sense that if you're looking at how good Philly's been all year, something's got to give. They have yeah. to. They're gonna if they want to win the cup, if they want to get deep in the playoffs, they got to beat a hot goaltender. Fair enough. Um, but this Montreal team has something to play for. Um, they're young. They're fast. Everyone wrote them off. Um, and you know what? Shea Weber is taking bodies. Day by day, so 
if this continues, if Price continues, I, I can see it being an upset, but Philly has way too much quality to make them really keep those wins as they say they would. But, but. There's always a but. Philly has potentially lost Mackie for the rest of the series. That's huge. That is underrated huge. He's, he's basically their second Jerry Thorne. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Kevin Hayes has basically disappeared for Thorne. Philly was there for the round robin, but... Yeah, but he's like been in four decades. Yeah. Pretty much in the round robin, they relied on Scott Lawton to get that majority of the wins. Scotty Lawton. So, if they lose Konecki, that could be huge. For, could be? Again, Will be. Especially with, like, the resurgence of Kaka and Niami, if I can say that right. Kasperi. Yep. <laughs> and if, if Domi and Druen can get going for Montreal, yeah. that could, it could be a huge swing of that series. Oh, 100%. And that's, like, I made my pick before game two, so I didn't know that they were going to win. <laughs> well, if anything, it's an Alavignon so yeah. the playoffs for him are massive question mark, but again, serious. Can we, can, we, can we talk about his comments at the end of the game? Sure. Go for it, dude. That's just... Why is he complaining? Can I say, can I say the B word? Yeah. Okay. He sounds like a little bitch. <laughs> like, like, it's like one of those, oh, for some reason, that's not the B word that I thought you were going to say. That's Muller, right? Who said that? Or no, that was Laviolette. Never mind. Oz Muller. Right. He's like, you know, we're, we're losing and we did this. It was a Michelle Therrien move. And ironically, Therrien's on the bench with the Phillies. Yeah. It is what it is. Like, I'm, I'm with you, Kyle, 100%. Like, if the power play's been struggling and they have for Montreal, why not give them an extra an extra minute at 5 five nothing? Like, what's what's the harm in that? All you're doing is practicing. What's the difference between that and just doing it at the practice facility? Like, well, and that's, and that's, that's what Mueller was saying, is that they don't get the time to practice anyways. Yeah. They don't get the time to practice the power play, so when you're in the game and you're up 5 nothing, why not throw out your top unit? No, you're right. 100%. You're right. I agree with you. I agree. Because your team got slapped. If you lost 4-3... Different story. You lost five nothing. Yeah. Move on. The, and the other thing is, if you're playing a team with a top-notch power play and you're and they're up five nothing, I'd be like, okay, that makes sense, right? Like if you're looking at, let's say Boston, who's second in the league, and they're up five six nothing, I'd question that. Yo, what's up? Um, breaking news. Right now, Tuka Rask opts out of the rest of the playoffs. What? Tuka Rask right. just opted out of the rest of the playoffs. Citing family importance as the reason. Uh, I just saw this on the score. He leaves the bubble. Irfan's having a heart attack now. I wish I changed. My, I could change my prediction for that series. I have had my prediction. Don't worry. It, it works. <sighs> All right. Let's, uh, let's move on so we can get to that series. The second series. Uh, Tampa, Columbus. Hey, Tampa, Columbus. Kyle, give me your prediction. Eighty-five saves. <laughs> like it's just one of those like unless he absolutely falls apart, 
which he could have done in game one, let's be honest. Five overtimes in, you could fall apart and forget how to make a save. But it's one of those, like, I feel like, the, I feel like Columbus, like, rallied when he basically kept him in that game. Oh, 100%. Columbus, Columbus did not deserve to go to four overtimes. No. They, they probably should have lost in the first one or two. Yeah. And that's just Tampa just completely dominated the, the entire time. I agree. And it was one of those, like, I think they, especially going into game two, I think that's why they won game two, because they rallied on that part. Yeah. Absolutely. He's been he's been okay. He's not been bad. He's just been okay, and that's the problem. You need good goaltending in the playoffs. And that's the thing in the playoffs, you can't have okay goaltending. Yeah, we we learned that in junior hockey. Yeah, exactly. And it's one of those, <laughs> um, I, I I say Columbus in seven just because of how shut down the guy. <laughs> Irfan. I don't see Tampa rolling over uh, against, you know, no. Mantle like they did last year, for no. sure. Like this They've already won a game. Exactly, but, like, it's a completely different team. It's a, I, I think they've learned from their past mistakes, and even without Stammers playing for them. Um, Columbus in seven for me, just because of how they clog up that neutral zone, taking away space of every good player on that Tampa team. Defensively, they're sound because it's a Tortorella team. Um they're willing to sacrifice their bodies. We saw, you know, um, if they get momentum, they can they can cut this series short very yeah. quick. But it's going to seven because Tampa won't make it interesting because they're not gonna want to get humiliated again. Uh, for sure, and uh, I'm. That means we're all unanimous in Columbus in seven. So good job, boys. Um, Washington Islanders, Irfan, we'll start with you on this one. Uh, I think Isles in six. Wow, just uh, copying me all the way through. I see. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think Isles in six. It was my, that's what I would have said last week as well. Um, defensively structured, they're a better team. Um, and for some reason, Washington hasn't looked good, even in the play-in round. Like, I know they beat Boston, but they didn't Boston look good. didn't look good in that one either, yeah, so it doesn't matter. Didn't give a shit, so I mean, there's that. But uh, <laughs> if, if the first two games are any indication, they're going to they're gonna suffocate you. Um, and that's yeah. Kyle? Islanders in five. Five! Wow! Unless, unless Holpe steps up and actually... Plays like Holpe used to? Something. Like, he's looked terrible. Kempney's looked terrible. Yeah. The entire... The, the, they can't get their offense going based off... They don't, like, the Islanders play very similar to Columbus. Yeah. Where it's... We're not going to outscore you many games, but we'll out-defend you. Fair enough. Okay, I want to I wanna throw this out there because this is an incredible stat that I found out before the playoffs. If I was going to say the power play point leader on your team had X amount of points, and we're talking about the Islanders here, what do you think the total number of power play points, not goals, power play points, was the leader for the Islanders? Irfan, we'll start with you. What do you think? Like you want the person's name or the number? No, the number. Oh, I would say like, 
like 11. Okay, Kyle? Are we talking like regular season? Or regular regular season. Regular season. Oh, regular season. Oh, sorry. Um, then probably like 18 to 20. Okay, Kyle? I know. Okay, the Islanders' power play point leader this season was, I'm pretty sure it was Brock Nelson, but don't quote me on that. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I do know the number. He had 12 power play points. 12 across an entire season. 12. 12. That's bad. <laughs> well, the Islanders weren't very good all year. No. <laughs> either. So, I mean. They finished, they finished sixth, though. Or seventh. Six, six. They finished six. Regardless, doesn't really matter. Um, let's move on. Last one. This is Irfan's team, which now has a huge hole to fill. <laughs> Although, I mean, the backups been pretty good this year. Um, I had Boston in seven. Kyle, what are you thinking? And then we'll let Irfan rant. In Carolina in six. Wow. Okay. Uh, um, I had Carolina winning the series all the time. I just think that with Carolina's speed and how they actually play the game, uh, um, I think it was going to be too much for Boston. Boston relies way too much on that top line to get all their production. Yeah. And their secondary scoring is essentially non-existent right now. Fair. Um, David Krejci is purely relying on this. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's playoff Krejci that shows up every year. <laughs> doesn't show up in the regular season, but he'll show up in the playoffs. I think Cox almost disappointment based on when he came over. Uh, uh, Coyle's been... He's been good, not great. But I haven't really noticed him being sustained. If he's a second-line winger... Yeah, fair enough. There there should be something there, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Boston's defense has looked good, and their goaltending... Agreed. In the, in the East, let alone in the whole NHL. Yeah. Just based on they have one of the best defensive cores. Morazic, who I have never liked, seems to be holding them in there for goaltending. Yeah. And they're getting production from all four lines of their, their, their team. They don't rely on one single line to get all their production. Right. And you get Fogel and all that kind of stuff chipping in with your third and fourth line. Yep. Perfect. Irfan. The Carolina Hurricanes in six. Uh, I had this chosen way before. I mean, I based it on the fact that the four games going into the playoffs, uh, Boston looked sluggish. They didn't take it seriously. And I said, well, you know, if you're not going to take it seriously, even when you're in a bubble and you're the President's Trophy team, you're going to get a tough first-round matchup. And you're playing a Carolina team that can easily switch out Edmondson and um, Sassanen for, you know, Trevor Van Riemsdyk and like they have so much depth on yeah. the forward and defensive core and the fact that you know they can switch and platoon between Morazic and Reimer who is super underrated in my opinion huge fan of Reimer um, everyone's a huge fan of Reimer um, but like if you can go back and forth and like put in Justin Williams when you want him to yeah, um, yeah. like I, I think they have the depth to, to go far and yeah. um, 
Like, I don't think anyone wa- wants to play Carolina, but this is a good wake-up call for Boston to, like, bring it back into gear for them. So it's a good kick in the butt. And if they lose, it's like, well, right, what did we do wrong? Did we take it seriously? Yeah. But, no, Carolina, to me, is a better team than they were last year, and uh, they can win in five or six. All right. I like it. I, I, I like both of your breakdowns. How good or bad do you think a Carolina – or, sorry, an Islanders-Columbus – well, who's going to score? That's the thing. Are you going to score? That, that, that <laughs> is it going to be bad or is it going to be good because it's going to be so defensively stagnant? Well, I think they'll, they'll be a little loose in the sense that they'll throw the body around a little bit more and they're going to see their, their top gun uh, get some space to score. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've been saying, like, in the playing round, the Islanders, who did they play again? They played... Who did the Islanders just play before Washington? Uh, Florida. Florida. I had zero interest in that series. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it. This Islanders-Washington series, the only interest I have is because I know it's TJ's favorite team playing the Islanders. Like, I have zero interest in watching the Islanders play hockey. If they're going to play Columbus and it's going to be a stalemate game, they're going to they're gonna break the record for a uh, number of overtimes just because neither team is going to try to score. Like... <laughs> And there's going to be, like, 20 shots by the time they get to the seventh overtime because neither team is going to give up any shots against each other. Like, it's going to be ugly, and it is what it is. But, um, no, I have zero interest in that, Kyle, at all, even though I picked it. I, I, I still don't want it to happen. <laughs> like, um, Okay, let's move on to the West quickly. Vegas, Chicago. I had Vegas in four. Kyle. on Vegas, really? No. Um, Riley Smith has become some sort of playoff goal-scoring god, I guess. Um, not sure what happened with that. Well, he only has three goals. Yeah, but the whole series, it's been him doing 20 shots on net, basically. Right, he's yeah. been taking a lot of shots. So it's one of those, like, he's just peppering the goalie and said, hey, stop him again, but if not, it's my turn. So. Yeah. Chicago just honestly my argument I was saying this to TJ and Matt yesterday it was Crawford's the worst goalie since playoffs left yeah 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 I guess so and Talbot has gone long in playoffs before too No, yeah, you, no, you're right. Like, it's it's a weird realization, but Crawford is by far the worst, in my opinion. Like, I don't even think it's close. Yeah, like, Hadobin's much better. Oh, absolutely. And he's their backup, technically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Te- technically, uh, so is Talbot, I guess. It's British. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Uh, Irfan? Uh, Vegas. They'll win. Doesn't matter how many games. <laughs> All right. Uh, Colorado, Arizona. I had Colorado in five. Irfan, what are you going with? 
after McKinnon's a beast. Yeah. I, like that. That's it. Like I don't Arizona. Like you, you see the way Kessel plays, even in the in the qualifying round. Uh, he looks like a pylon that's trying to shoot. Skate. No, he looks like a pylon who's trying to shoot and just not doing very well with it. No, like he just he, I don't know if you see it, but he coasts. The guy just coasts. Like he, he's I done that his entire it. career. Yeah, but it's just how to stop to to fall back on. He just doesn't have that in, in, in Arizona. Yeah. And then Taylor Hall, you know, playing for that big contract hasn't looked great either. No. They look. Oh, I, I actually liked how they looked in the playing round, but going up against this Colorado team, Colorado's just firing. Like they're 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 so hot, and they it's. Also, they also played team that's overpaid half their team. I agree. And no, I'm not saying that they had no, it, the no, toughest I'm schedule. Saying, like, now they're playing a team that's very, very good and arguably had a very good, you know, qualifying round or round robin round just as Vegas did. So They look so good. Even in that Vegas game, Colorado looked good. But mm-hmm. uh, Kyle, go ahead because I see you laughing. You're going to say something about me. Uh, clearly, I'm watching a different series. Um, the Colorado-Arizona series? I didn't see that game. I saw the first game, and I saw the rest of Colorado and Arizona's games. I think both teams have looked really good in the playoffs slash playing Arizona round. Arizona absolutely dominated in that second game, and they just couldn't get it past Grubauer to give that final goal. Um, I do think it's going to be Colorado wins the series, but I think it's going to be at least or, at least six. Okay. Because I think Arizona I think Kemper's going to steal a couple games for him. Kemper has looked great whenever he needed to. Yeah. First game, he didn't look great, but the second game, he... Hold on. He didn't give up a goal until 10 minutes left in the third period. No, I know. But I'm saying, but and then Colorado scored three in a minute and a half. That two-minute stretch was a little shaky, but um, he is, he's given them a chance to win. Yeah. And I think it's just a matter of time before Arizona breaks into that um, big stretch of goals. Um, I mean, if they can get their secondary scoring, which Colorado has nailed. Down. Yeah, that's, well, that's, that's the difference, right? Yeah. Again, it's the same right thing now, as the price thing. If you can steal a series, Kemper, like Arizona's going to go as far as their goal. Go kind of take them. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and right now, it's the, the steal of the series looks like it's Kaja because he's just been all out, going out, shooting, scoring, everything. So he, uh, he's yeah. And he hasn't taken a stupid penalty yet, boys. He hasn't done it. It's funny. Like, he doesn't get suspended, and the team actually wins. It's funny how that works. Right? I asked Ryan this on the Twenty Minutes on Ice podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you guys as well. Um, Colorado won that trade, right? Yeah. But I, I mean, I I don't think Barry was necessarily a bad pickup for the Leafs. He had a much better season after Babcock left. Whatever you want to say, but Colorado won that trade. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking right now. We're looking at it right now. Not a week ago, not two months from now, right now. The only, the only thing is Barry looked, looked great with the Leafs. Um, I think I think with him being on the Leafs, it kind of showed how poor defensively he is. Um, uh, okay, see, I'm going to argue that. Can, do you, can I give a moment after you're done to argue that? Okay, I'll, I'll let you finish. Don't worry. When push comes to shove, and he had to play top minutes against the top top units, he didn't really score out well. 
I think honestly the best piece that came back in that deal was Kerfoot. He was the, arguably like the third or fourth best forward in the league in the playoffs. Yeah. He was, he was flying. He was doing everything he could. Um, he was one of those like behind Tavares and Matthews. He was probably the best forward. It's a great like, third line ball. center. No, they needed they needed a true second line center, and they got it. Yeah, no, I agree. And and I think he I think he basically levels Colorado up to that next level. Yeah. Irfan, I'll get your thoughts and then I'll quickly argue the Barry thing. No, go for the Barry thing. It's just Kadri's sandpaper and sandpaper is always good in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. My thoughts on Barry, and I want I, I want an honest opinion after I say this from both of you. Kyle, you said he's not good defensively. I actually think he's good defensively, but a lot of people expected him to be great defensively. Like, if you watch his game, he doesn't make huge mistakes. Like, most of the time, he's in the right position. He's not going out of his way to throw the puck up the middle. He doesn't make the big mistakes like you'll see uh, Jake Gardner, for example, used to make when he was on the Leafs. Or uh, people have been saying Dermott makes huge mistakes. He's not positionally bad. He's not going to make the big mistakes all the time. He's good across the board. Playing against top-line players, you can't just be good. That's the problem, and that's that's where he kind of gets caught. But he was good defensively. He was never going to get caught making the big mistake. He just wasn't going to do anything that was going to break a game as a defenseman. That That's my opinion of him. I don't think he's a bad defensive player. No, he was brought in to be great or phenomenal or fantastic, and I don't think he lives up to that. Right, correct. But, I mean, if you're comparing him defensively to, I don't know, Cody Ceci, or well, that's just not fair. <laughs> I'm better defensively than no, Cody Ceci. But, but you know what I mean, though? But if you're comparing him to the worst defensive defenseman on that team or any defending yeah. style, like, he's not bad. He was the third defenseman on the Leafs. Yeah, but he wasn't great. But the Leafs' defense wasn't great all year. So no. He, you know, it doesn't, it, like, I'm sure if, you know, the Leafs' defenseman had, or like, the core had a little bit better defensive play and it wasn't just a run and gun we'd be looking at this a lot different. Yeah, you know, no, I agree. Um, I, but, I, I, I think basically he was brought in to be in a team. And we lost you there, Kyle. Um, oh, sorry. You're back now. You're back now. We're good. <laughs> I, was saying, I was saying he was brought in to be a top two defenseman and extremely failed at that aspect. Yeah. Uh, because it was just a matter of everybody thought he was going to be the I don't think anybody was expecting great defense, but I think they were expecting good as a top two defenseman, right. and he didn't bring that as a top two defenseman. I think, you know, if you look at his defensive for a top four, you could get away with it. Yeah, he's he's a third defenseman. He's a very good third defenseman on a team or a mediocre second defenseman on a team. Like, he's not going to be a top two, and I don't think – I think when I saw the trade happen, I don't think I saw him as a true number two defenseman just because I saw him play in Colorado. But that's my opinion. And everyone else is expecting him to be this superstar defenseman. But Barry was exactly what I expected Barry to be for the Leafs. Especially after ba- especially after Babcock left. 
He was exactly what I expected. He was snake bitten, but he wasn't playing bad defensively. Again, that's my point. Like, isn't that a good thing though as a defenseman? Not, not when you're the the high profile trade that you that yeah. brought in this offseason. Like to me, you want to be noticed, whether it be good or bad. You want to be noticed. Fair. Okay. No, I'm just saying. Like everyone rips on Barry because of the trade. It's like. If you just got this player as is without trading away Kadri or anything, I think his tenure with the Leafs would look a lot different. And I think people would not would not rip him for the small things. I think, I think it's the fact that you traded Kadri to get him was the biggest yes. problem. Yes, 100%. That's, that was my point. Like, I just hate people ripping on him defensively because he's a good defensive defenseman. He's not great. He's not going to blow a game open defensively. He's not a shutdown defenseman like people wanted him to be all of a sudden, even though he wasn't that in Colorado. So I don't know why all of a sudden everyone thought he was going to be a shutdown defenseman. But I'm interested to see how, how much money he steals from somebody in the offseason. Six. So like, but, six, okay. six, five. It's a Florida. You say, you say he's a great three defenseman. Are you going to pay a three defenseman? I don't think he should make that much. I'm saying what he's going to get. <laughs> Edmonton. <laughs> Edmonton. I know, that's the problem. But I'm just saying, like, Edmonton is a team that could fucking use him. <laughs> Pardon my language. He would be a younger Mike Green. Yeah. I could see that, though. I could. Pair him up with Chase Theodore, and he doesn't have to worry No, but that's a, that, that's a good point because Barry's not going to run and gun. He'll be he'll be stay at home. I guess. But I'm saying it's not bad to have a player like Shea Theodore on the other side who can get back while Barry. <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's get back to our predictions because we still have two more series, and this has been a long prediction segment. Total tangent there for the Colorado-Toronto trade. Um, Dallas-Calgary. I had Calgary in six. Irfan, what are you thinking on this one? Calgary six or seven. I mean, I haven't seen much this this series except for, you know, clips and bits and pieces. Just cause Gotta love highlights. highlights. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but also I'd rather watch the Canucks than the Flames. It's just me and my bias there. Because um, the Nucks, are, the Nucks are fun to watch. I think this can go either way. For some reason, Calgary has found a gear that they missed last year in the playoffs, which is yeah. good to see. Um, and the Stars need more from their Stars. So we'll um, Jamie, uh, Jamie Benn included there. So um, I know this can go either way, but I'm going to say Calgary in six or seven. All right. Ka? I originally had Dallas in seven, um, but that's because I also thought Bishop was going to be playing all the games rather than Kudobin. I don't know. Halak looked good this year. Oh, no, I know. But Kudobin's one of those dependable yeah. backups that you're yeah, yeah. going to play. I, I do think it's going to be Calgary in seven. Um, I just, I, I honestly, I also didn't see 
Cam Calvert being the goalie he is so far this playoffs, I just could not see that happening whatsoever. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be Reddish. I thought Reddish was potentially going to be one of those like shaky goaltenders that if he shows up, it's going to be great. But if he doesn't show up, then Calgary's just losing five. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, but Cam Cam Calvert's just been that dependable goaltender who's just been solid. Like hasn't done anything spectacular by any means, but he's just been solid. And he's keeping them in the games, right? So yeah. Right spot uh, at the right time for the situation. Yeah. Exactly. And I think it's going to be Calgary in seven. And as everyone said, like unless the stars show up with their stars. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I I totally agree with you guys. Um, last one, second Canadian or third Canadian team, I should say. Don't know why I said second. Um, St. Louis versus Vancouver. I have Vancouver winning in seven. Vancouver in seven. They're now up two nothing. So you guys have the benefit of the doubt here because you got an extra game than I did. Um, Irfan, how about you and your Canucks, there, buddy? Um, so originally I had. Blues in seven. So I think I'll just stick to that. I'll say Blues in seven. Wow. Because I don't want to change the bias and the fact that... You don't want to change the mojo? No, I don't want to change the mojo. I'm going to say Blues in seven, and God, I hope I'm wrong. Because um, the Canucks have been flying. They've been fun. Markstrom looks good. Horvat looks great. Um, Quinn Hughes is a future star. Like, that, that whole team looks exciting to watch. They're fun. Um, but the Blues also haven't been great. I thought it'd be like... You know, they didn't take the round robin seriously enough. They were okay. Um, I thought they'd hit another gear, but they haven't. Hit They've disappeared. Gear. They have disappeared. And kudos to Travis Green and his Canucks for shutting down every single line, making sure no one no one gets through. And Biddington looks like Biddington from the ECHL. So um, if that continues, I can see the Canucks winning, but I'm not going to change my pick that I originally thought. So <laughs> I'll still say Blues and seven, not to not you know not to flip back and forth, but fair enough. Blues and seven. All right, Kyle. Well, I originally had Canucks in six. Um, you had Canucks in six originally. Good for you. Ex host Justin and I had, were uh, having a conversation about some series and stuff, and we were both discussing um, the fact that the Vancouver speed I think was going to be way too much for St. Louis. Fair. And it seems like that so far this this series has come through. I think the Vancouver has been solid defensively. And their counterattack and speed has just been lights out comparatively. Bo Horvat is on a whole other level right now. Of, yeah, he is. Of just being who he is. And I didn't expect Biddington to play as poorly as he has. Um, but I, I said Vancouver in six. Cause, and my biggest question mark is how Markstrom is. And Markstrom has basically quieted my doubts right now um, based on his, uh, his play so far. Um, he still flip flops like he normally does. Yeah, he's not gonna. He's not flashy, but. But it's worked. Yeah. Right? And I think as long as Vancouver can continue using their speed as the game and don't fall into the trap of slowing everything down like with St. Louis, mm-hmm. they will win this series, no problem. Well, and also the fact that. Sorry, Kyle. If they can attack the penalty kill because St. Louis is passing hell on the kill. Uh, it's just sorry. It was just to add to your point there. No, and it's, it's one of those like if, if St. Louis had the type of defensive play like Columbus, it'd be a different story. But St. Louis doesn't have that shutdown. You're not getting into our our middle lane type defensive play. Right? They 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 shut it down, but they don't have the like Seth Jones style defenseman who I'm gonna 
block of 45 shots a game, yeah. and you're not getting close to my net. And Vancouver seems to be getting those chances where it's one-on-one with the goalie or it's, you know, a two-on-one or something like that where it just create more chances. And it's like, yes, you're kind of leaving Bennington out to dry because I'm pretty sure Bo Horvath had, like, basically two breakaways that are wide open because he dangled the crap out of the defenseman. And yeah. St. Louis is not setting themselves up to win. And it's just Vancouver's taking advantage of everything they have. Yeah. We want to hear a, a stat that kind of surprised me, and this is sort of a big deal. The Canucks are 5 for 9 on the power play through the first two games of the series. The Blues are 1 for either 5 or 6. There's your difference right there. That's That's your difference in the series right there. Exactly. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna change the number for the Blues. They're two for nine. It's magic. <laughs> We got a good chance here, boys. We got to keep going. Right? And Vancouver's like, hey, we got a power play. We got a 50-50 chance of scoring right now. Yeah, and then it's the flip side, though, because when St. Louis gets a power play, it's like, well, we've held them all series. Like, Vancouver's not worried about the St. Louis power play right now. And, and we've scored short-handed. They're like, hey, pick up a pass and let's go. Like, let's go! <laughs> like, St. Louis is almost like, hey, can we decline the penalty? Like, can we take No, I didn't get tripped. I'm up. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. There's no penalty. What are you talking about, ref? Come on. It's just, I, 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 I have Vancouver in six, and it's one of those. Uh, I had that from the start. I just thought their speed was too good, and they seem to be proving me right so far, so yeah. I hope it continues. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I hope Vancouver gets through because they're a fun team to watch, and St. Louis just isn't right now. Yeah. They haven't won a game in the playoffs in round robin yet. They're just not fun to watch. Well, the good thing for St. Louis is last year, they ran into teams that play a very similar style. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. And Yeah, God. And Boston's a very slow, methodical pace rather than running gun style. They counter, play good defense, counter attack, and we use our speed. Yeah. Well, I mean, you yeah, you look at you look at St. Louis's run last year. They beat Winnipeg, who should be a fast team but isn't. No, they were heavy. Uh, they beat Dallas, and then they beat San Jose, which they're not a fast team. Like, let's yeah. let's be fair, they're not a fast team. <laughs> Colorado, Calgary. Yeah, right. One of those teams where it's not so much methodical defense, and it's just, hey, we're gonna use our speed, and you gotta keep keep up with us, or you're done. Yeah. And I think they just they I think they just had the perfect run last year of teams to run into. Yeah. No, for sure, I agree. Um. All right, that'll do it for the NHL talk. Uh, I want to talk about the NBA bubble, and we'll get into that after, like, in the next show, because uh, we're we're really that was a long talk on NHL, and I want to get to a couple more things. So we're gonna talk the Suns though. And they got kind of screwed 
with the way the playoff format sort of is because they are technically tied for ninth but don't get a chance at a play in game or even like a play in group of three game um which seems ridiculous to me but it is what it is uh i want to get your thoughts on that uh or uh, actually let's start with you kyle <laughs> That's not true. What about TJ Warren? No. You're talking about MVP TJ Warren sucks. I'm just saying he had he had a good bubble run. I'm not saying he's the MVP. I just said he had a good bubble run. You're not allowed to have one bad game? <laughs> I didn't say he was MVP. I said he had a good bubble. That's all I said. To me, I think they should have a shot, uh, especially with being the same record. I think they were a game back the whole other story, but having the same record, to me, it should be Memphis and Phoenix for the playoffs to determine who plays. Yeah, exactly. Which to me should be that thing, and then and then it's a one a one v one. I don't think I, I don't get the two game thing. I, I don't understand that. Um, I think it should be Memphis Phoenix one game. Mm. Or, and gets swept by the Lakers. Honestly, no. No, I, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding 100%. I don't think whoever wins gets swept. I'm just joking. I think the Lakers are going to have struggles to actually contain Damian Lillard. I'm not denying. I, again, I, I was totally kidding just to get your reaction. It was funny, too. <laughs> Against Portland? No. John Moran, um, unless John Moran goes out for 45 points. And, and holds Dame to 20? Yeah. Dame's going to snap. And that's just, it's going to be one of those, we'll, we'll see. I, How bad it is? No, I think John Moran's the rookie of the year. I don't think it's close yeah. right now. Um, no, it shouldn't be, but it. I don't think, like, even people, Zion played okay. Played good. Zion, no. Zion played good in limited minutes. But the problem was he played limited minutes in limited games. You can't be the MVP or the rookie of the year, sorry, in limited minutes in limited games. That's just that doesn't make sense. He looked really good when he was on the court, but the problem was he wasn't on the court. Well, the other thing is John Moran looked better. <laughs> I'm not saying John Moran didn't look good. I'm just saying, like, I, I have no problem if if Zion had played a full season and played regular minutes, like you know, a normal basketball player, and he looked as good as he did. Fine, whatever, do it. I don't care because his stats would probably be comparable anyway. But he didn't. He played limited minutes in limited number of games. You can't give the rookie of the year to a guy who played limited minutes. <laughs> so going back to where we were originally talking about. Yes. I just I think I think I think Phoenix did get shortchanged. And I'm interested to see see what happens in the offseason if somebody tries to go after Booker. Uh, yeah. Good. But he's, he's not the, I don't think he's that superstar big man that everybody thinks he's going to be. No. He's, he's not an MB style big man who you can build around. No, he's an outside shooting big man who has limited ability on the defensive end. Yeah. He's, he's not terrible defensively, but he's not going to shut no. down a, a true big. That's because he's seven, 
what, seven six or something? <laughs> McCollum's out, isn't he? No. Oh, he's doing the certain. Never mind. He's doing surgery after, right? Yeah. Forgot um, about that. But, I mean, he's, but with Booker being shooting guard, it'd be the matchup with those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you mean. And it would be that to me. That's a more interesting game than Booker. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, Irfan, your thoughts? Um, gonna say the same thing as you guys there. I think Phoenix should have had a chance to to play in the in a play in or whatever it's called, but have been better what were they eight and oh uh by the end of the old. bubble so and then like booker was great the phoenix suns were great um haven't said that in a really really long time but and and, and you know kyle i know you said booker potentially could leave i don't see that happening i think instead you're going to see some free agents wanting to go over to um to phoenix to play That's saying you know what you have a young team you have a core team That's not a bad booker, idea. you know booker can carry a team you know the way dame can on a good night, so why not see a vet player, you know, who's in their 32 to 35, go over there and see a change? And I mean, if you look at the playoffs this year, you know, Suns are what two games or one game behind an eighth spot. So hey, if you can make that jump next year in a full season, potentially, um, I can see that happening. But you know, unfortunate for the Suns, but the Trailblazers are a better team. I don't know how you're gonna contain Dame because the guy shoots from half court half the time anyway. So, um, are you gonna play? <laughs> are you gonna play defense up that high? Because like no one's gonna play a man-to-man press for sixty minutes or whatever. You know, twelve four quarters or whatever it is. So, I mean, it'll be Lakers and Trailblazers in the first round, I think. I, I so the only counterpoint to that would be, um, is Phoenix willing to spend the money to bring those players in? That's the other thing. So far, it doesn't look like they have, because Booker's been asking for years to bring people in. Yeah. And but he also hasn't played. played. But he also hasn't played lights out, lights out the way he did. True. Now, right? Like this, this is a, a snapshot of what the Phoenix Suns can do. Like he's a great player, but uh, that eight-game sample is small enough. But I think management can see that this is the direction if you actually focus and invest. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for them is bringing in. I think they need another superstar beside him. Yeah. To complement him, and it's all a matter of if Phoenix is going to be willing to spend that money to actually bring that player in. Yeah, for sure. That's that's the biggest thing. It's like one of those. Sure, you can bring in you know an Eric Gordon style player, right, or or something like that to complement him. Is that enough, right? Is, yeah, I mean, you look yeah, at. Or, or, or do they need like an Anthony Davis style player? him like that where he's like like a LeBron style right LeBron does his thing yeah but then no if LeBron's not in his game Anthony Davis can take over that game for sure I mean you look at uh, Giannis is what uh, I'm getting here Giannis the Tentacumbo <laughs> is going for the Phoenix Suns is what I'm apparently the Raps are all in on him so I don't know ah <laughs> uh, yeah they are and they have every right to be um I don't think it's going to happen but they have every right to be but if you're looking at the Suns like who's the point guard on the Suns right now Kyle Ricky Rubio. They could probably upgrade that point guard position. Mm-hmm. Right? But the the guys who are available this year, the top of the list you're looking at Goran Dragic from Miami, averages 16 and 3. 
or 16 and 5, sorry, points and assists. That could be a good fit beside Booker. Uh, Jeff Teague is there too. They have Van Vliet listed here on Sport Track. Uh, Jordan Clarkson. Isn't Lowry a free agent? No, he signed, didn't he? Really? Yeah. Well, he's not listed here. I'm I'm going off of the list that I see in front of me. Um, Yogi Ferrell, who had like a great college career and hasn't really done anything in the NBA, he could be somebody that they look at at 27 years old. Yep. Um, there's another name that bumped. Oh, uh, Emmanuel Mudiay. Could he be someone that they bring in and give him minutes, and maybe he can find the the potential that he had? I don't know. It's it's possible, right? Like there's. They have some options there, and it's not like it's going to be. There's options in the free agent pool that will be interesting to see. Like, don't forget, Gordon Hayward's a free agent, right? He has a player option to stay in Boston, but he's a free agent technically. Hassan Whiteside is a free agent. So, I guess to pose the question is, if Phoenix doesn't do anything this offseason, does this mean that Booker... He's gone. If they don't do anything this offseason to make it look like they're trying to keep him, he's gone. Yep. So where does he end up? That's a story for next year. <laughs> Think, about it. Think about it, boys. We'll talk about it in a month. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's move on. Uh, that'll do That'll do it for our kickoff segment, though. Um, I know I put two sports in one, but it's fine. It happens. Um. Don't forget, if you are looking to for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Daniel and Gabe are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. You can visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com and follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. Check out their Instagram. They've been doing some great training with uh, some of their kickers right now. Uh, pretty much every day you see new posts. It's awesome to see that they're out on the fields doing stuff. Uh, so keep it up, boys. Let's quickly go to the Champions League. I want to finish with MLB after that. So we're, we're going to wrap this up as fast as we can. Uh, Champions League, Bayern is the best team in the world. Can anybody argue this statement? Anybody? Anybody? Bueller? Not right now. No, they dominated. They, they absolutely dismantled Barcelona, who, let's be fair, they're not the Barcelona of years past. They're not the world beaters that we've come to know them as. But they dismantled them. And the worst part about it is that and I didn't watch the game. I'm going off of what everyone has been saying on Twitter and going off of people that I've talked to. Barcelona played a good game and lost 8-2. How many teams can you ever say have played a good game and lost 8-2? They were good <laughs> for the first 15 minutes, and then after that it fell apart. But did they fall apart, or did Bayern just all of a sudden turn it on and absolutely well, run yeah, through Bayern them? Turned it on, and then Barca had no answer, and they just stopped caring. I mean, I'll give you an example of um, Frankie de Jong, who stood around and then didn't make an effort to go get the ball, didn't make an effort to do anything, and then yeah. they were like, oh, Messi, here's the ball. Do something. God, do something. And, 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 and he did for the second goal, which is the Suarez goal there. He yeah. started it, but for the first 15 minutes, it was back and forth because it was like 1-1 one, one by that, and then Bayern turned it on. Barca stopped looking like they wanted to be there. Um, the body language well, when you're down 4-1, it's really hard to stay focused. Like, <laughs> I mean, you know, people 
people saying that they played a very good game all throughout? No. Oh, no, I didn't say that, that people were saying they played a very good game. I, I just heard they, they didn't play badly. They just got dominated. Like, they played a good game and just got absolutely destroyed in a good game. Like, that's... Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't see any team stopping Bayern right now in the Champions League. No, the only weakness I will say, though, that they have is that high line that they play. And if, if let's say, City get through tonight or today in a couple of hours, um, Raheem Sterling, Riyad Mahrez, Kevin De Bruyne, Jesus are going to play play against that. So we'll see if, if it's going to impact. But, like, Bayern's depth and Bayern's ability to stop you from pressing them and press you instead which is freaking Ben Fair. Did today. Fair. Their, their ability to put the ball in the net is insane. Oh, for sure. No, it's crazy. Like, they're, they're pinpoint. And that's what you need in these kind of competitions. You need to have pinpoint goal scoring and be able to pull it out of your ass when you need to. <laughs> and I mean, he didn't have to score the first four or five goals, and then... And didn't he score, like, the last one? Yeah, and then he's like, eh, I guess I'll get in on this. I might as well score, I guess. Oh, he he completely controlled the left side. He wasn't even 100% with his groin there, and he was blowing by Semedo, Messi, uh, Roberto in the first half there, and, like, nobody could catch up to him because he's just... I don't know. Well, well, honestly, I, I feel like that signing for Bayern now looks like an absolute steal. It looked like a steal all year. No, I know, but but I mean, like when like looking back at it when they now that they originally like after that, yeah, like after the original deal, like looking back at it now, it's like he's worth like three or four times that money now. No, I I agree one hundred percent, and he just got passed for Canadian transfer by uh, Jonathan David, who is going to Lille. No, like. That's great, though, for Canadian soccer. Like, we just had two record-breaking deals in the last two years. <laughs> um, I, didn't but, mean, I mean, didn't mean to throw out the standard, but Bayern's the best team right now. And I, I no. don't know, as Erfan said, like, City can make it close, I think, if they get through. But even then, I don't know if they can really make City it. City has back. zero defense, though. That's the problem. If Bayern decides... Huh? I said, no, that is the issue. Yeah. yeah. If, if Bayern decides to play like, offensive footy... Like, City has no defense. They're going to walk through that back three that City play. <laughs> it's not even going to be close. But, like, you look, at the, you look at the game yesterday. Barca had 51% possession. It's not like Byron was destroying them with possession. They had 51% possession. No, but that's the thing with Setienne was have the ball. If you have the ball, the other team can't score. But the problem is they didn't do anything with the yeah. ball. Um so it doesn't matter if you have 70% possession, boys. You got you to score. And Barca had 13 shots on target, and eight of them went in. Or Bayern. Bayern had 13 Bayern shots on target. That, I said that in my head. <laughs> okay, no, they had 26 directed the entire game. Yeah, 26 shots, 13 on target. So, like, do you... Like, who, who really gives them any sort of fits? Would it be PSG? Would it be the closest? God, no. PSG's no, so, so god awful. City's the second best team, and City's gonna get dismantled. So it's City's gonna be the semi. So then the final is gonna be either what PSG or Leipzig, right? Mm-hmm. So do either of them give them any sort of? God fit? no. No. So, 
mean, as long as Bayern shows up and <laughs> <laughs> It's true. As long as they show up, they win. <laughs> There's to lose. And watch, we'll say this right now, and Bayern will somehow just not show up. And we'll be or a goalie's going to get super hot. Like, that is the only other way that I see this ending, is a goalie making 13 saves on 14 shots and his team winning 2-1. Ederson's that caliber of a, a keeper. Uh, I agree, but like even yeah. he would have to have a f- just phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way the way Byron scores because they don't put it, they don't take many shots, right? A lot of them are just tap-ins. Let's be fair, a lot of them are just tap-ins, and when you're getting tap-in goals, it's hard for a keeper. You can't do a whole lot. So do you, do you see Man City beating Lyon this week or today? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just looking at the head-to-head that they've had one draw and Lyon has one win. Man City has yet to beat Lyon. Lyon. <laughs> no, I'm just bugging you. Um, no, uh, Lyon's had a great year, um, but City's just on another level. Like, if you're t- if we're talking UEFA teams right now, UEFA club teams, it's Bayern, City. Liverpool's like a half step down from City, and then pretty much every all the other good teams. Like that's that's my that's my ranking right now. I think Liverpool got kind of unlucky in the Champions League, but they are a great built team, and they could have gone really far had they not had that slip up. But like it's Bayern is like two steps up on City, City's two steps down, and then it's a half step to Liverpool. And then everyone else. Everyone wants to throw Juve up there at the top. Everyone wants to throw PSG. They're not complete teams. They're really good. Don't get me wrong. They're great teams. They're just not complete. Right. So they they don't have they don't have the the complete team that City, Liverpool, and Bayern have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and Lyon's not even in that next group either. That's the problem. Like no. they've they've had a they've had a great year, and they they are where they deserve to be. In the quarterfinals. They do. But they probably won't go any further. <laughs> no, because they're going to come up against a team that's actually good with the ball. Yeah. Not flat the way Agreed. you did. Agreed. Uh, that's going to be the biggest difference. I'm going to say right now, I think Dembele scores too. Dembele scores what? Just scores today. Oh, okay. Is it like so Lyon wins or, or the fact that... No, he's just going to score. Four? I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, honestly, I'm going to just throw a spitball. I don't know enough about, like, Leon's strategy to say anything about them. Like, I, I know Man City, but I'm going to say they upset him today. Just for, just for the hell of it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, I'm going to go backwards and say Dembele gets an assist on a Memphis Depay goal because Depay can't get an assist. <laughs> Six goals, zero assists in the Champions League this year. <laughs> That's the way to go. Um... I think I think City wins three one, but I think Leon gives like shows up and plays well. Like don't get me wrong, but I just they're just too good. Like City's just too good. Yep. Um, quickly we'll hit MLB, and hey look guys, another week, another positive test. Comes out last night that Cincinnati uh, has a player who tested positive. And they played a game last night against who were they playing yesterday, Kyle? Sorry. Who did who did Cincinnati play yesterday? Uh, Pittsburgh. Thank yeah, you. Sorry, 
Thank you. I don't care. Someone answered the question. Um, they played yesterday. City had or Cincinnati had a positive test. They don't know what's going to happen for the game today. At what point do they just give up? Like the rest of the series is postponed for the weekend. The rest of the series. There we go. Thank you. What point does this just stop? Like, well, I mean, weren't the Cards just um, in some COVID trouble too? Yep. A couple of days ago. Yeah. So I mean. I don't know. I don't think the league stops. They're just going to start eliminating teams. All right, you can't play. You have COVID. All right, we're going to go to the next game. Well, it's funny, though, because they they basically eliminated the Marlins because 18 of their players couldn't play, and now the Marlins are playing godlike baseball. (laughs) They're (laughs) 9-4, leading their division. Like, I don't get it, but they're giving players a chance who weren't going to be in the MLB to play, and they're just playing with house money at this point. I just can't believe that they're going to keep putting teams in jeopardy. They're going to keep doing this over and over again. I don't get it. Yeah, at what point do you see a bubble system coming? Because I think Never. Realistically, Never. that would make the most sense, but it's, it's not going to happen. The, the playoffs. Sorry, let me correct that. The playoffs will have a bubble system. It's worked for the NBA. It's worked for the NHL. Like, it's worked for the MLS. It's working for CPL, which started yesterday, by the way. Um, but yeah, I think the only difference is I don't know if you could have. No, but the only, the only place you could have done it would have been either Florida or uh, what you Georgia. No, you could have done three. You, they should have done a three bubble system. They should have done a three bubble system. And hear me out on this, okay? You have a three bubble system, one in New York, which I'm not sure they want to be in New York, but just let me get through my explanation one in chicago and one in la and the reason is you have two mlb ready facilities in each of those cities mets yankees chicago cubs and white Sox, dodgers angels you have two ready to go hell you could even throw the san francisco area out west right the thing is they wanted to keep the divisions geographical so you have all of the teams in the east go play in new york you have all the teams in the Central go play in Chicago, and you have all the teams out West play in either L.A. or or the, the Bay Area because you got Oakland and San Francisco there. You have the facilities to do it. Yes, it's going to be tough because you got to get through two games a day per stadium, and it's baseball. Could you realistically do it? Absolutely. You start one game at 12 or 1, and then the second game goes at 7. Gives you time in between because the game's, what, four hours? Roughly. Let's say five. Let's give it five for the extra innings, right? The game's done at five. The team's out of the thing. And you have the next team in by 536, cleaned out, ready to go. It's possible. They weren't going to do that, but it's possible. And, yes, I know New York is also technically still a hot – well, was a hot spot when this, when they were trying to make the plan, so they didn't really want to go to New York – yet they're still having two teams play out of New York, right? They could have made it work with three bubbles. And I see on Twitter people complaining that, well, then you can't have all 10 teams playing in the same day. Guess what? You don't need all 10 teams playing the same day per division. You don't. You play eight, you play four games a day, and two teams get a day off. And then you go the next day, and two other teams get a day off. And then you go the next day, and two other teams get, like, you'll make it 
work. No, they weren't. No, 100%. And that's clear because they didn't. They didn't even try. The only bubble that they talked about was Arizona, which made zero sense because it's 130 degrees in Arizona. And the players weren't willing to play a game at 12 o'clock in the afternoon in Arizona. Even if it was indoor, that stadium is going to be stupid hot. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, I get why the players were upset and didn't want to do the bubble in Arizona, and that's why they argued it. But they could have figured out a bubble system. They just didn't. Yeah, yeah, and it all comes down to the willingness of both the players and the actual uh, management. Right? Yeah. I think I think the biggest thing was the only thing they were actually looking at was if it was going to be Arizona, Florida, with the spring training. Right. Which I think makes more sense because there's more ballparks and you could half the schedule stay as is. I don't think they wanted to go through the whole hassle of reading the schedule timing games and make sure everything fits and all that stuff. You mean like every other sports league did in North America? (laughs) I just, I don't think MLB is that. No, they aren't. Association, I guess we could call it. Um, To actually go through that, take the time to actually do it. I I just don't, don't, I don't think that's them. And um, I think it should be stopped, to be honest. As much as I, as, I like baseball being back. I haven't honestly watched very many games. It's just not interesting to me, to be honest, yeah. right now. Um, and I love baseball, which is saying something, considering that I'm not even watching it. No. Um, the, the only interest I have in watching it is when I bet on it and hope, and hope the hell I actually see something. Yeah, you watch the last inning when your game is close, basically. <laughs> yeah, I, I, honestly, I watch the games on Bet365 when the games are on, which is bad. Like, it's just one of those, like, is it, is it worth it? No, because right now, like, how many games have been canceled because of this whole thing? Too many. 20? Too many. Too many. Like, and it's just, you just keep hearing positive tests here, positive tests there, and it's like, well, you know the next series isn't going to happen, because they're, they're going to, like, you look at Miami, they lost 14 players. Like, 18. Oh, sorry, yeah, so, so there's more now. It's like... They lost over half their team. What does that tell you about the rest of the division? God. Atlanta's been a disappointment. Nationals have been as bad as I thought they were going to be. They are who we thought they were. Philly just haven't shown up. Yeah. The Mets are nine and twelve, and they're out. They're overperforming. It's uh, it's a gong show, dude. Speaking of a team playing in the East, <laughs> I want to quickly transition to our team, the Toronto Blue Jays. And I say our team because we all live in the Toronto area. Um, They figured out how to hit the ball again. It took them a while. It took them a few series, but they can hit the ball. And that lineup is now looking very dangerous, which... I don't know how many of us expected it to happen this year, but it's happening. Uh, they've finally gone to the lineup that makes the most sense with uh, Biggio Bichette hitting 1-2. Then they have the power alley, that is, even though Guerrero hasn't really had a whole lot of power this year. He's hitting 5. 
Hernandez has been an absolute revelation as a hitter to this year. He's looking great. Um, and they have Jansen hitting at the bottom. They look good. Uh, I don't know. I want to get your guys' thoughts on that. I, that was my opinion. Uh, Irfan, can we start with you, my man? Sure. Um, hey, we said this at the beginning. So Jason can get hot if they can get some sort of hitting, um, enough power. They're going to piss some teams off, and they're going to win some games big. And happened last night, Hope four. Um, it's a good upside to the, the Jays. I don't know necessarily if they'll you know, win the division right now or – no, anything, they won't. But they have, shot, they have a shot at the wild card, considering yeah. how teams are falling apart. And, um, you know, the Rays are losing some good pitching. They're losing some players here and there. Um, the Sox haven't been good. And then, basically, you're competing with the Orioles for a second right now, which is <laughs> remarkable. Which Didn't we say they were going to be competing for fourth? What happened to that? <laughs> but it's fun. Like, we said this before. Like, in 60 games, anything can happen. And, yeah. and the Jays have every much the strength and the speed and the hitting to hope to keep going, you know? So it's exciting. It's fun. And it's really nice to see a Toronto team win, you know, them and the Raptors win. Um, but we expect that from the Raptors now. <laughs> yeah, we do, but I'm saying, like, if you, you win a championship, you're expected to win. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking at a, a bubble Toronto team, you're, you're kind of like, ah, all right, they'll win, they'll lose. They'll have to rebuild, they'll have to fix it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's good to see another Toronto For sure. team. For sure. Uh, Kyle? Everyone was, though. But their lineup right now is more rounded than the Jays. Like, um, and it, 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 it's sad to say that, but it, it's more well-rounded. Like, it's, uh, I thought the Jays pitching was going to be good. Shoemaker hasn't been as good as I thought he was going to be. Uh, Ryu has looked good, but not really number one style. Yeah. Looked really good in his first game, looked not really good in his second game. He couldn't hit the strike zone in the second game. Yeah. I don't know what the hell he was doing. He's, he's overthinking things. And the best was one at bat. I think it was five straight sliders. I was like, you have a 99 mile per hour fastball. Use the goddamn thing. I think it was because he wasn't locating his fastball earlier in the game, so he was just trying to stay away from it. He was trying to find something that worked. It's because Anderson hit a home run off of on a fastball in the second game. There you go. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, not, maybe not the Royals, but like 
you know, you, could, you could argue the Indians are there, the Tigers are there, the Twins are there. Yeah. I think the Tigers are going to fall off, but the White Sox have been right, – right now I think the White Sox are what the game should be next year. Yeah. Right? I think the White Sox are just a step above them right now. Um, and as much as I would love the Jays to be in a playoff spot, I don't think they're going to be there right now. I, I agree with you. I'm just saying it's positive to see – the signs that we we were talking about before the year finally starting to show up. Yeah. Sneaking under the radar, Randall Grichuk is batting two seventy nine. That's that's under the radar. No one's talking about Grichuk because of how good Teoscar has been at the plate this year, and I think that is helping him. And he's hitting sixth in the lineup behind the vaunted middle of the ro- middle of the order Hernandez Gurriel Guerrero who no one wants to see. And then Grichuk comes up, and they're like, oh, it's Grichuk. And then they put one down the middle, and he's he's making the right contact. He's doing what he needs to do. So I, I just think the lineup is set for the next few years in how they're going to look. Right. Maybe the third baseman changes. I don't know if Shaw stays after this year. Um, he should because I think he likes the team, but that's a whole other issue. Um but I think the lineup itself looks how they're going to look for the next couple of years. I think, I think they need to go out and sign a big center fielder. Um, I think moving Grichuk back to right field is probably the best thing for him. Um, and so then you move Hernandez to DH? Yeah, I, I don't like I don't like Teoscar in the outfield. He needs a below average outfielder. And I think Teoscar is better just focusing on hitting. Fair. Uh, I, I think Belez is probably best for like a left Yeah, fine. he's your fourth outfielder if you need to give a guy a break, basically. Yeah, and I, I like I like Lords and left. I like Grichuk and right, and I think it's weird to say, but with the whole cheating thing, they need a guy like Springer, where he's great defensively, can be one of those power speed bats that yeah. you can add to that lineup and just bring that lineup to the next level. Especially, it also brings some sort of championship leadership to this team, rather than having twenty-year-olds lead the whole league. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the lineup that may not hit 30 bombs and hit 300, but they hit 275 and 20 bombs and they are consistent every night going. And the closest thing we have to that is Grichuk. Yeah, and, and Grichuk, I don't think, brings that because one, he doesn't have championship leadership. I'm, I'm just saying. And Grichuk probably strikes out more than everybody else in the entire team. I'm uh, No, Teoscar does. <laughs> I'm just, I'm I'm just saying because he's yeah. he's that guy like he'll hit 275 280 he might put out 20 bombs and he's the oldest yeah Grich in a normal season normal season Grich is going to hit 240 on a normal season with 30 bombs is what he's going to bring to the team I don't know I think he's worked more towards hitting average lately You saw you saw the transition last year and this year he's already up to 280 like I don't know just my thought all right, let's uh, let's get to the tire fires, and we've missed a couple weeks, so we're gonna start off fresh. And Irfan, you're gonna get us started because you were the reigning champion. So let's just keep you going. Sure. Uh, my tire fire this day is Dallas FC fans booing kneeling players. Um, I couldn't come up with something creative because it would have been boo the boo. 
Boo. Um, but it's crazy, man. We've talked about this multiple times. So many outlets have, so many fans have. Some Everyone have. has. Everyone has. Like it's it's ridiculous. They're they're kneeling not because they're disrespecting the flag or the anthem. They're kneeling for a cause. So shut up, stop booing, or don't go to the goddamn game. Like I don't know. Like I, I could get heated. We can keep going on about this, but it's the stupidest little shit ever. Um. FC Dallas, move to a different city because screw your city because these guys are idiots. Well, no, 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 horrific and they should never be allowed back in a Dallas FC game because or FC Dallas game because the fans for FC Dallas are not bad usually they they have great support there's nothing really going wrong with them I have no problem with the fans those four idiots yeah no you shouldn't be allowed back in the stadium yeah I I understand I just wanted to make sure that that was clear like we have no problem with any fans of any team really like most of the time we love it. It's just the stupid ones that we don't like. And we we call out Toronto fans more than anybody do. <laughs> it's fun to call out Toronto Maple Leaf fans. Uh Kyle. Um mine's called MLB Mayhem and it's all about the coronavirus tests and everything styles. Okay. And just FC and shit show about teams the MLB right now. And I know we just touched on this, but it's just one of those I think that's the biggest tire fighter is right now is just the MLB in general. Yeah. And it's 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 such a detriment right now that it's got to be it's honestly I think it's got to be shut down because right now you're essentially spreading cases here and there based on these positive tests and teams to different areas of, of the states. And it's just it it to me it could sorry I lost it really quick though. It could cause another whole pandemic issue yeah. with, with what's going on. So. Yeah, it, it could start the second wave that we've been hearing about and hoping that it doesn't happen, but, oh, God, put that away right now. <laughs> you want to explain that one, Kyle? So this is the company I work for. It's called the Athletic Commit, and we decide to every team that plays against each other, we do a baby color swap. Um, so... It's wrong. Uh, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah, no. Can you? No. No. Just. Well, it's because they have basically the same base color. All you're doing is switching the secondary. Yeah. It's a slightly different. Give us another one. Okay. Columbus just looks like the All Star jersey. Yeah, exactly. That's because it's Chicago and a green Calgary St. Patty's Day jersey. No, but look, no, look at the Dallas one. No, 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 go back, go back, go back, go back. Look at the Dallas one. What jersey is that? It's the Chicago jersey. (laughs) 
it's not bad. It's not great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, finish yours. I forgot oh. what mine was now. Look at the colors oh, in I that. Like the, I like the the Euler colors there. <laughs> Look at the colors in that Euler one. Yeah. yeah. Again, it, it, it's it's an eyeliner thing where it's just like. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> All right. Okay. Enough of that. <laughs> um. All right, I guess it's my turn. Um, <laughs> he's not going to let me get through this, eh, Irfan? No, it's not <laughs> your tire fire. Just make that my tire fire. <laughs> yeah. I am not allowed. Uh, oh, my God, really? <laughs> Those ones are bad. Those are bad. Okay, are you like almost done? Like, how many more are there? Can we... I don't know. There's a whole plane here. Okay, can we just stop now, Kyle? We're good. We get it. I'm waiting for you to say your time. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm All right. Um, I'm gonna call mine upset fans, and the biggest reason is because I don't know about you, but have you heard all these fans complaining about stupid? non-calls or calls that are happening in the playoffs that they don't want to have happen or non-calls that are just being missed in the NHL playoffs and just people getting all up in arms about the refing. Listen, if it's a penalty in the first minute of a regular season game, it is a penalty in the 59th minute of a playoff game. I don't care. Kyle's going to shake his head and you, you can argue with me all you want, but here, here's the reason that I have the problem is that it's so inconsistent that if you're going to be inconsistent, you need to be consistent with the rules. So if you're going to have a rule book and you're going to try to make it consistent, just do it. You're causing so much problem with the league and with fans that you're just not, it's not worth having this up to interpretation. What's the point of having it up to interpretation if all you're going to do is have fans bitch and complain about the about the refs? What's the point? And Kyle, you can say whatever you want. I I actually want to hear what your thoughts are. I get really frustrated with hearing the fans always complaining when it's a simple solution. Just call the game the same all the time. What is the point of putting the whistles away? I know. I just kept going. I I, I Um, don't care anymore. Fine. Call them the same, though, is what I'm saying. Like, call all the playoff games the same. Minute 1 through 60. All the same. That's, but that, that's not how it works. They, they let so many more things go because you don't want to be the ref in overtime that calls a little cheeky hook bullshit that seems to be the, the, the norm that's now in the NHL where it's, oh, you tapped your glove, that's a hook call. Which, whatever. You're going to call that? Sure. But it's, it's different when it's playoffs you're not going to call that in overtime. Okay. okay. I I understand. Yeah. Would have normally been called for regular season. Okay. Was it a penalty? No, it was not. Didn't trip him. Didn't interfere with him. Didn't do anything like that. Put his okay. elbow in the back. But with how the NHL is nowadays, it would be called, which I don't agree with. Okay. 
that's a different issue. That's not what I'm really trying to get at. That's a whole different issue. But it's one of those, I think the mentality is the refs don't want to be the one to cost a team a game. And I get that. I totally understand that. My issue, though, is that you need to have a set of rules for them so that it's not their fault. If you want to change the rules in the playoff, fine, whatever. I think it's stupid, but it's it is what it is. There's it's just so inconsistent that some games it will get called and some games it won't. You want people not to be upset with the refs. You want people not to be upset with the league. Make it simple. Give them the same rule book for every game. And yes, if they're gonna call it, they call it. If you don't want them to call a specific penalty in the playoffs, put it in the rule book. I don't care. I really don't care as long as it's consistent because then you're not – the ref isn't in charge of the game. It's the players. And if you do whatever is called in the playoffs and you get called for it, it's on you. It's not on the ref. You can't blame the ref. And, and that's the thing my mom actually quietly said it and made a good point is it's the same thing with the MLB. It's human behavior. Unless you're going to go to ref, automated ref, which I don't think the NHL will ever do, you can't take that human nature out of the, out of the game. Because you look at you look at the playoffs right now. A lot of the calls are being made by the guy at center right. Right. The guy right beside the play. Agreed. Which, which is one of those. If you're going to make that call, fine. And it seems like they're being they're li- being a little bit more consistent with that that guy at center right making the call. Right. But it's got to be one or the other. I don't think you can make the call at center right. Or you, you, you got to have one or the other. I think if the guy's in the play, the guy at center right cannot make that call unless it's. Like clearly away from the play, and the guy watching the play right. No, but my my argument is is that my argument is that there's calls that are being called in one game of a series and not called in a second game. There's calls being called in certain series because that ref sees it as a penalty, and not being called in other series because that ref decides it's not. Like there just needs to be a precedent set for what is called. The, obviously, there's human error, and they're gonna miss things. And you're going to miss a call every once in a while. I agree with that. And I agree. That was a great combination with the MLB, right? You're going to miss calls. There's a difference between a missed call because a ref didn't see it and a a ref not making a call in one game, even though he's seeing it in another game and called it in another game. That's where I have the issue. I I I think there's consistency with how each ref calls the games, but it's it's the the, the human error of... Because the last game of the Columbus League, said before the game even started that the two refs refing that game don't make calls ones, ones that called the least amount of penalties right in the entire league and i understand it's that those, it's one of those so they let the play go they're more of an old school style ref where it's yeah. like, hey give a little hook you're fine you trip a guy and we're gonna call it right but it's one of those i don't think you can ever have that across the league because of that human error right and and i, I know i know what you're saying if you want consistency where if, if Tap the hand, it's a call. Or if you don't tap the hand, it's not a call. And you want consistency that way. But it's, it's like, unless it becomes automated and there's a, they, you, they get a, a buzz in their ear saying, hey, that was a penalty, and you raise your hand, I don't think there's ever, ever going to be that, right. that thing because it's, it's one of those, it's so up to interpretation mm-hmm. that there's no set rule saying, hey, touch the glove. Yes, like, but. I, I, don't think, I don't think you would ever want that in the game. But here's here's my other qu- thing. The reason that I'm really upset about this is that we knew what was going to happen in Game 5 with the Columbus and Toronto because beforehand we knew that those two refs didn't call penalties as Kyle eats bacon. Um, Sorry, I ran a little bit longer than I thought. I know, it's fine. 
but here's my thing, right? They called the game the same from minute one to minute 60. That's more what I want. Like, if you're calling the game consistent all the way through the game, then I don't care. At least you know, you know from minute one all the way through to the end of the game what is going to happen in that game. The Both teams know. They know what is fair. All's fair in love and war, right, boys? They know what's fair at that point. If you can get that consistency, that's what I'm looking for. Don't don't start the game calling ticky-tacky pedalies, and then by the end of the game, your whistle's gone for the last 10 minutes because you don't want a team to get a pedaly. If you're if it's a pedaly in minute one, it's a pedaly in minute sixty, and that's what my statement is. And if you can come up with a if you come up with a set of rules that is consistent throughout the playoffs, and a ref a ref can make a decision call all the way through those minutes. But as long as it's the same decision all the way through, that's where I want to get to. That's my point. Because it's not fair that I get a tripping call in the first minute and it, and the other team scores, and then I get tripped in the 58th minute of the game and nothing gets called, right? Same trip, exact same play. Why is this one a penalty and this one's not? That's what I have a problem with within the same game. That's where I struggle. Agreed. Because if, if the refs, I think they need to be more lenient. Because sometimes that happened in the playoffs where it's been, you know, playoff hockey, it's a little bit more physical, it's a little bit more signed. We're not going to call as many penalties because it's going to be more open. But then, again, like if you look at the Washington series, first game against the Islanders, seven power plays. Clearly, that means somebody, something's being called a lot. Right. So it's one of those. And I agree with you at a certain point. It's got to be either or. It's got to be consistent to the end. And I think it's all going to come down to you've got to train the refs on being like, hey, if you're going to call it, you got to call it. But at the same time, and it's going to come back to that human error where it's like, well, I don't want to be the guy who calls a penalty with a minute left that costs the team the game or right. you know, it has, them, has them tie the game or whatever. You I get that. To, you don't want to be that ref. And because, because there's such a reputation with refs and players, you don't want to be that guy who – a hundred percent and i i get that but what i'm saying like if the league sets the precedent of these are the calls that are being made and the, the refs set the precedent all through the game then at the end of the day the players know like if we got called on a penalty it's a penalty like it's not the ref's fault he's just he's just the one who has to put his hand up and make the call that's what i that's what i'm saying and i get that i i totally understand what you're saying i get it I'm just, I, I'm just disappointed that every year we have the same issues where people are complaining about the refereeing because it's so inconsistent. Just make it consistent. And we're back to this. Oh, that's different. Okay. Well, I mean, you're going to see that, like, going back to the little point earlier, uh, it's based on a subjective point of view from the refs, but these are such old-school referees for some of them. Unless you're training new referees and saying, here's the handbook, here's the guide, you're going to call this here, you're going to call this here, it's the same thing, you're going to... It's not going to change unless there's a new wave of referees, and that new wave of referees taught to say yeah. that they're tired. And and I guess I get that. why. And I no, and I agree with you in the sense that if it's a trip in the first minute, you can't say in the 58th minute that it was a 50-50 possession, and well, he just lost the puck there. No, yeah. it was a trip, so call it. Yeah, that's. It, it doesn't matter. That's the whole point of the game. Is if there's an infraction, you created an infraction. That's your fault. Yeah. And if the other team scores and they win, that's part of the game. So. Yeah. And you know what? I, I know I'm a by-the-book player. Kyle remembers this vividly from when we played as kids. I am by-the-book. Um, so I guess I, I always wanted it to be consistent. If it's a penalty, it's a penalty. 
It's just hard. It's hard. And I know it's hard. I just, it's a tire fire because every year we have the same conversation in the playoffs. Every year. <laughs> Nothing changes. Um, that'll do it for our tire fires. Make sure you vote on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook when we can get them out. Um, make sure you subscribe to our show on any of the podcasting streaming sites, iTunes, uh, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you listen to. We are on SoundCloud as well. And make sure you follow us on Facebook at or on Twitter at Garage Door Sport, on Instagram at Garage Door Sports. You can follow me at Nick McVicker on either of those two. Uh, Kyle is at Kyle Vardy on both of them, right? Yeah, Irfan is at Irfan Manji on both of them, I believe, as well. Uh, I think it's Irfan underscore Manji at Instagram, but... Close enough. Same thing. Follow us. Let us know what you want to hear from us next week. And make sure you follow the CPL as they get their island games going as well. And, boys, final thoughts, Kyle, as you're laughing your ass off. (laughs) I just threw a cherry tomato over his back. Attaboy. Who knows? Irfan, final thoughts? Uh, well, super antsy that Tuca opted out, so I'm going to be following that super closely. Um, but Carolina by two, uh, 4.5 odds. Thanks, Vardy. Appreciate the positive vibes. Um, hey, he's trying to win uh, you money. <laughs> but, yeah, no, no, hockey's back, and the, the Raptors start their series soon against the Brooklyn Nets, so let's go Raps. All right. All right. Uh, I've already said my final thoughts. Uh, make sure you watch the CPL. Uh, keep watching the site as well. Some big things are coming in the next week or so. Yeah, we're rolling, rolling. <laughs> um, and yeah, thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>